Hey folks, welcome back into Pro Football Ireland. Michael McQuaid, Michaela Fagan. Uh, on another podcast, we're, we're really rolling through this off-season, a few weeks out from the NFL schedule release. Delighted to be joined by former uh, NFL coach, player uh, over in the UK, and also Sky Sports NFL talk sport NFL analyst, among many other titles. I don't think I've done her justice. Phoebe Schachter, Phoebe, how are you doing? You good? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you guys doing? It's so nice to see faces again. I feel like it's been so long since we're all together, whether it's Super Bowl or playoffs or Germany. So it's great to be reunited. I almost forgot about Germany, Phoebe. I was I was gonna say like it, it does seem like a little while ago since we were all in Phoenix together and uh trying to beat Uber traffic, etc. Different <laughs> stories for a different podcast. But um here, like how have you found the last few months? Because I was saying just to everyone it's it's sort of flowing in and it's scarily like it's two or two weeks away from it being like three weeks to the season three months sorry to the season starts I know it is kind of mad really um I mean the fact that we're mid-May OTAs have started mandatory mini camps all that good stuff's going on you've got the draft as well so it's I think the NFL is really good at kind of giving us like little bits to hang on to to carry us all the way through till the season starts again so, you know, I miss being with all my people. I definitely miss seeing, again, people like yourself. But I think it's a much-needed reset. We can kind of come back better and stronger and revived for the madness that is going to be the NFL 2023 season. And Phoebe, just so um, if some people aren't aware about your background and stuff like that, would you be able to just give us a little bit of insight into your journey and to where your career is now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my journey is a complete roller coaster. Um, Essentially, I moved to England 10 years ago to work with horses. That's always been my passion and still really is. Uh, And then literally, I didn't know anybody. I was 22, living in a foreign country. I was missing home, missing that American culture, missing the weather, (laughs) Um, and just wanted to really try and, and meet people, essentially. So tried out for a team. I felt like it was a sign because I saw an ad on social media, tried out for an American football team near me in Manchester. And really from that moment on, like my, my trajectory completely changed. Uh, I started really planning towards how I could create a career in American football. So playing turned into coaching because I felt like I couldn't play forever despite being 33 and still playing. Um, But it really went mad. And I think you know, I've had so many great people in my life to thank for that, but I applied for the Bill Walsh Diversity Fellowship, which essentially is like a, almost like a foot in the door opportunity if you get it, to be able to do training camp or off-season workouts with an NFL team. So for me, I ended up with the Buffalo Bills, which was incredible. So I was 2017, I was with Defensive Backs first, and then they asked me back again, 2018, 2019 season, and I was with tight end, kind of worked for NFL UK and with the community department throughout that, coached in Germany with Potsdam Royals as a DC, um, which is like the German football league first division. And then I don't even know how it happened at this point. I now get to be this uh, pundit for Sky Sports, which has just been incredible because of the team I get to work with and people I get to meet and where I get to travel. So broadcasting has somehow come into my career probably because I talk too much <laughs> but here we are so yeah it's it's mad that's for sure it's um 
it's been awesome to see the rise of Phoebe Schachter. I think that's the title of this podcast. Now I'm going to use that and bank that <laughs> trademark. Um, Phoebe, we'll probably touch on there a lot of what you said in some of the questions and just go into a little bit more detail on them. I guess for you, um, I think I think for anything to be successful in life, you have to take risks. And I think that's a prime example of what you've done. I mean, how has taking risks you know, positively affected your career and how have you found taking risks? Because it's... Uh, it has been such a journey for you over these, just over these last few years, especially. Yeah, it has. And I think you're you're so spot on, Michael. Like risks are literally what's gotten to me where I am today. I think once you kind of overcome that fear of potential failure and the what if this happens, you open up the world of opportunity. And, you know, when I first moved to this country, it was a risk. I was kind of pushed into it, to be honest. You know, I'd gone for an interview with, uh, someone on the Dutch Olympic team based in the UK. And I said to him at the time, look, this is this is silly if I'm being honest. I had no interest in moving. If I could, it wasn't for another six, seven months. And he just basically said, figure it out. You know, you're hired. And for me, that was that push that I need. And I think a lot of us in life probably have these moments where we're just kind of on the edge. We feel like we're complacent or we're plateauing perhaps a little bit or just comfortable doing what we're doing. And sometimes we need that little external force to just give that that little nudge. And, you know, that little nudge for me turned into, you know, building my confidence. And I feel so empowered now. And I want to share that, you know, I, I kind of use the term send the elevator back down because who I am now is literally based off of just a whole bunch of decisions and, and great support around me. But I'm no different to anybody else. You know, we're all cut from the same cloth. It's just a series of decisions we make. And I feel so, so lucky. I mean, even, even looking at risk from the point of, I've never done TV before. What am I, you know, I have no right to be doing TV in that sense, but what happened essentially was our, our host, Neil Reynolds got COVID unfortunately one Christmas and myself and Hannah Wilkes, you know, they were like, well, who can we kind of call on or trust in the situation? And we stayed ready, right? You stay prepared. You're just kind of working, doing your thing in the background. And they called us up and, you know, we were the first like women to host this NFL show on a Sunday. And, you know, we didn't screw it up too bad. So they've asked us back again, <laughs> but you know, it's just a, a whole series of these, these taking chances and telling people exactly what it is that you want to do, because the more people that know that what you want to do or what your dreams are, you know, the more people that might think of you in that moment. Yeah, there's always a saying, you know, if um if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready, isn't that? Yeah. Isn't that a saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've obviously had so many like amazing moments, even just listen to even coaching with the Bills sounds fantastic. But to you, what's your most memorable moment to date in your career? That is so tough. <laughs> I can't even lie, because I kind of have to break it down into three different areas of my life. I think coaching my broadcasting career and my playing career I'd say if I go through them quickly like playing career we were as team GB complete underdogs going to the Euros in 2015 and we beat Germany who were this total powerhouse and it was our first time playing 11 aside because in the UK at that time we were only playing five aside and we made it to the finals I mean we got our butts kicked by Finland but the actual heart of the people around and there's no replacement for how that moment was for us and what we achieved as a kind of nobody team as underdogs so I'd say that's my playing like incredible moment coaching is 
and I don't know if you guys remember the Vikings game versus Buffalo. It was, it was in Minnesota. Um, and it was the game where Josh Allen hurdled one of the players. It's like his first, his first like iconic hurdling photo. And it was in, in Minnesota. And there's a couple things that kind of came into play. One, we had this like game plan of getting rid of the, the Minnesota fans by halftime, essentially. Like our goal was to see the purple leave the stadium. And to be there and see that happen, you know, see that wave of purple leave. And we won. That was really our first win of the season to go into that locker room afterwards for our, our post-game speech. I mean, the euphoria, the energy, the everything you're working for coming down to that one moment, all the time and sacrifice coming. And that's just one win. That's just one game. That by far is definitely my best coaching moment. And I think my best broadcasting moment really just happened. And that was the opportunity to broadcast at the Super Bowl. And not only that, I was able to be pitch side, literally in the end zone of the Chiefs, you know, and that was, you know, I, I know how fortunate I am to be able to be in that position and how many people would love to have that opportunity. And I just hope that I'm able to express the gratitude, but express like how it feels and share that with people. And, and for me, that's my ultimate goal is how can I just share everything that I get to feel so that you feel like you're there with me. I think that definitely, I mean, obviously I had to watch it back and record it and stuff, but from what I've seen, it definitely resonated at home. And I think that is half the battle as well, Phoebe. I I, I know that you were chair of the Diversity and Inclusion Committee at the at BAFA, the British American Football Association. Is that still the case or what's your current role just with them at the moment? Yeah, so same with BAFA. And I've also taken on IFAF as well, which is our international federation, which basically runs all American football. Um so that's another all-encompassing title, really, because I think we're in a, a place in sport where sport football is for everyone. And how do we create as many opportunities as possible to let other people fall in love with this great sport that we like, whether you're talking about as a spectator, a coach, an official, you know, there's so many roles for people within this sport. And I think we need to make sure that we're acknowledging the fact that, hey, this sport is changing forward for the better, right? We talked so much, I think this past season about Super Bowl having two black quarterbacks. And we're like, yeah, okay, there are two black quarterbacks. Great, like this is exactly what it should be. Why it's a, you know, it's more of a discussion point because it hasn't happened before and, and that makes us reflect on ourselves. But yeah, there are some definitely interesting things that I have to do in my role and niches I get to create, but it's all a reflection on the stakeholders and the people who own the sport and how can we, make sure that everyone feels like they've got the right to it. Obviously, you sound like such a busy woman. I don't know how you handle all this stuff, but just can you talk to us? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of people would probably agree with you there, but can you just talk a little bit more about your time in Buffalo and kind of what you were doing there and the people you interacted with and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. So in Buffalo, um, well, my first role initially was really just to be there with the defensive backs. Um, it was great because I got to be with corners and then I got to spend time with safeties. And really that first training camp for me was absorbing what it's like to be in the elite level. What does it mean to be in the NFL from a coaching perspective, from a player perspective, you know, and really kind of absorb everything that comes with it. And it was a really steep learning curve. I didn't have anything 
in, you know, in my experience, whether, even though I'd been to college and, you know, shadowed or inter, you know, did some internships out of college, nothing prepares you for literally the speed and intensity of the NFL. So, you know, roles were with training camp, so it's full on anyways, but roles are like scout team, um, prepping cards, like drawing cards for our defense, which represent an offense, um, just really like trying to coach up the players as much as possible, kind of all that stuff. But I think it was, you know, I had a lot of moments at first training camp where I really had to be like, all right, I don't know the terminology. I need to, you know, I can either sit here and exist or I can get on with it, push myself and figure something out. So creating a, a glossary for all the different terminology, because really in football, we just make it so hard for, for no reason. You know, we have 10 words for the same thing, but it's all about what that team's language is. So what is Bill's language? You know, what a, a certain run play would be called one thing here, it'll be called something totally else there. So really trying to figure that out. And then when it moved into, and sorry, to be fair, at the end of training camp, I had a conversation with our head coach, Coach McDermott, and we both knew that I was not ready to be on for a full season. So he was like, go away, upskill yourself, you know, sort sort whatever you need to do out. And so I went off to University of Bryant, which is a which is a Div, Div 1 school on the East Coast, volunteered essentially as an offensive coordinator, stayed on my head coach's couch for, you know, the whole season, pretty much made like $500 in food, uh, which for me does not last. I eat a lot. I'm sure Michael will tell you about it. <laughs> snacks it's lots of snacks snacking all the time (laughs) you know so really like came back around I stayed in contact with Buffalo and they were like hey we'd love to have you back for training camp and this time you're going to be with tight ends now the this journey was much different than my first time around first off there were higher expectations because I'd been there done that already but also my coach I was with Rob Boris he used to be with the Bears he had kind of taken on the OC rule um out the Rams he had never had an intern in all 13 years of his NFL career. And when you've got someone like that, who's so used to doing things for themselves, it really makes you feel like, all right, well, what can I do so that I don't become redundant here? So by him having that, it forced me to think five steps ahead of him all the time, which was great because I'm like, all right, I need to get this set up at practice so that when the guys come out, you know, I need to find out where the cameras are. So when we're filming, we know what angles we're going to get. You need to get all the, the printouts ready, all the grade sheets, you know, and, and I was able to kind of create this role where, yes, I was assistant tight ends, but also kind of offensive quality control. I was able to help the defense because my desk was sat with really the defensive coaches. So, you know, drawing cards for them, putting together any of that sort of, you know, opponent stuff, scouting stuff, um, and then running scout team with special teams. So, the role became super encompassing, which was awesome because I got to learn so much about everything. And, you know, you travel to the away games, you, you do everything. I was part of the team a hundred percent. So, you know, you're with, you're with these guys all the time. And I think you, you just become a big family. And I think one of the things that I was really keen on was making sure that, especially with tight ends, there's only five of us maybe in a room at a time. It's a really small group of people. And it was really important that I wasn't trying to change who anybody was. I'm, you know, you're 24 seven with each other. I want you guys to be as comfortable as possible. And 
you know, that way we get the most out of you, right? Authenticity kind of rules at this point because you can fake who you are for a little bit, but it's going to show eventually, right? I mean, you're literally with each other through stressful situations, through tough times. And, um, you know, so it was really cool to be able to just feel like they're all my big brothers. And, you know, you get some really, really special moments with the people, you know, not just the players, but the coaches, the staff, the scouts, the SNC dietitians, like so many people make an NFL team run. It's funny because like, you've mentioned so many people there and it like, I can't stress it enough just from trying to book Jeff Reinbold onto a Zoom call, Phoebe, the amount of time that people um, put into that job. And I, I'd say for you as well, like it, it is, a, a, as you said, 24 seven. And I guess when you have such a long off season when, okay, maybe there isn't like a dime being played in the field, but there is so much work going into that. And how did it feel like for you getting to that point where you're standing on the sideline and there is, finally a down being played is is that when it hits you or was there a moment where it hit you that you were in Buffalo or oh yeah yeah definitely I mean you know Buffalo fans first off they start we have a game on Sunday they start tailgating on the Thursday so it's really crazy to be driving into work because we're lucky that the office is also the same place as the stadium literally just you know walking distance across so the parking lot across the way which is where the new stadium is being built that's where the people start tailgating so you see the passion from the community already, but you know, you get down on that field and I, and I always pregame have like my pregame routine, which I love. And it's, it's just a game literally in terms of, let's say Michaela, you and I were 10 yards apart and we have to play this points game. So you take the football, we throw it to each other, but like you have to aim for in the body and you get one point for body. If you aim and like in the face region, it's like two points for face. And, you know, first to 10 or something silly like that. And it's whether you're playing with other coaches or other players. And it's just this really nice moment together. And, you know, I always remember Charles Clay was like one of the greatest tight ends. And he used to always cheat. And it drove me nuts all the time. <laughs> because, you know, normally you throw the football and you just kind of like zing it right at someone trying to like get in the air. He would like throw it up so it kind of like slowly arched down and just landed so perfectly and slowly right in front of your face and I just thought but like moments like that pregame having those moments with people being on the grass looking around hearing the music you know it just makes you feel gosh I'm so lucky to be a part of this and be a part of something so much greater than myself. I'm literally nearly tearing up listening to that especially when you're talking about the um the the game and throwing the football around I remember when I just started to get into American football and me and my girlfriend were trying to learn to throw the ball with a spiral which we still well she's really good at it but um we were learning (laughs) we were learning to do it and like we were in like a park in Dublin and this couple came over to us and she was from America and she was from Boston and she was like oh I'll teach you how to throw it and all this stuff it's it's crazy like how it connects everybody but looking ahead to the the 2020 um tree season you know we we were lucky enough to get the schedule released the other day is there anything that stands out from there what are you looking most forward to I think we're all looking just forward to any type of game but for you what particularly stands out I mean man how competitive this season is going to be you know some of these these uh draft picks coming through I mean looking at the international piece if I'm being honest we have some super competitive games Trevor Lawrence versus Josh Allen 
you've got Titans coming over again, then you've got the Germany games. I mean, for me, like, it just says so much about how the international games are growing and how important it is for people. Two games back to back in Frankfurt and what that can mean in terms of, you know, like the amount of people coming over, flying over for that, taking over a whole city. Um, I love that now they're kind of doing Black Friday games. There's way more freedom in terms of teams can play Thursday night games more than once. And, you know, they're really making it. So it's kind of feels like it's the viewer's choice. Like it feels like we're a part of it as fans, as whomever, getting to create these schedules. Because I think they know people just want more football and people want the excitement, you know, Christmas day, who cares? Like, let's just play more football. Seriously, like I'm, I'm definitely excited for Frankfurt. I'll, I'll talk about that in a bit, but that's that's gonna be fun. And, and just like the, yeah, like the the London games as well. I um, will not deep dive too much into this, but it might go for your last question because because we are gonna ask later on about a about a bull prediction. But I think uh-huh. the Lions playing first is is interesting because that that's either crash or burn situation. I guess for us, it's one a.m. in the morning, um, yeah. and it's, it's it's gonna be fun. Um. What was I even going to ask? I'm just just, just so engrossed in this conversation, Phoebe. Uh, yes, <laughs> I the draft. Talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were we we obviously had the draft party in Dublin, and I think we put the Thursday night preview show with yourself and Neil on uh, beforehand, and then it went live after, so people were watching it. I really enjoyed the coverage. Um, what was like, you know, what was KC like to actually have the draft in, and um. I know you. I know that you were only there for a couple of days, but it must have been awesome to have been there, especially on night one, when there were so many surprises at the start as well. So many surprises. I mean, really, I was I was really blown away by how many Kansas City fans there were there. Like the sea of red that was there was really surprising because I almost imagined it to be more like an international game, you know, whereas a few more spread out fans from from the different teams. But there was a massive Kansas City presence, which is, you know, makes sense. Travis Kelsey, Mahomes were there, you know, the whole shebang, really. And the NFL just does such a great job of putting on an experience. Um, you know, I'd never been to the draft before. So seeing what really happens behind the scenes is is quite cool or what's not shown on TV. You know, they've got bands playing all the time. Colleen Wolf did a great job, you know, just kind of revving up the crowds. Um, being able to go, we went to the kind of play football event the day before the draft and got to speak to Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and all these kind of first rounders and, you know, getting to know them and seeing what they're like firsthand. I was, I think we all, first off, Bryce Young spoke and I think our entire Sky crew just fell in love with him. I mean, the way this young man spoke and the charisma and passion and the authenticity that he carried about himself. I mean, he was just wonderful, but that's almost all of them. I've never seen such a a great group of young men who have seemed so wise beyond their years and were just such a pleasure to have a conversation with. I felt like that was really impressive. Um, And then again, like draft night itself, you know, it was great because we did our pregame show or pre-draft show, I should say. And that was, you know, two hours long. First off, Rick Spielman is incredible. That man has such a wealth 
of knowledge and he could literally chat forever <laughs> but he's yeah, great he's oh. great like he's so good like i've seen him at uh, radio row and he looks like uh he looks like scott hansen's cousin in real life <laughs> yes, yeah he does <laughs> i mean he he was just wonderful like the things that he's able the color is able to bring to the experience of the draft and those little nuances that happen in that war room or among scouts and um, coaches is just, it's it just, you could listen to him all day long uh, and such a funny guy as well. So that was, that always helps making things better. Um, and then, you know, watching the kind of the crowds pile in and, and getting to Neil recommended, he's like, Hey, we can sit in here and, and watch the first round. I was like, absolutely. So seeing that emotion, hearing the crowd, I mean, just absorbing all of that again, like just so fortunate to be there and, you know, the flyover and the songs and, the, you know, it's just at the end of it, I don't even know if anyone remembers, we had Fallout Boy from when I was a teenager, Fallout Boy played that night, um, Motley Crue played the second night, so we were trying to film our review show the next day, Motley Crue were practicing in the background, but, you know, I mean, gosh, it's all just part of the the stories, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's it's such really amazing the the culture that American football brings, not even to America, but to everywhere. It it is. It's amazing. Even in the UK, there's pubs dedicated to specific teams like the Jaguars, especially. Look looking ahead to the season and especially the Buffalo Bills, I always they're a great team with probably one of like easily a top five quarterback in Josh Allen. But they seem to struggle to always get past the playoffs. Why do you think that is? Or do you think there's, what do you think stopping them just reaching the big game and what improvements could they make to get there? Yeah, you know, I think they really struggled, to be honest, the past year. There was a lot of pressure on them to get to the Super Bowl. Everybody thought they were Super Bowl contenders last year. My prediction was Eagles bill for Super Bowl, but I think they just had too many faces of adversity, right? from Damar Hamlin, Dawson Knox's brother. They had the Buffalo shooting the year before. Kim Pagula getting poorly. Um, you know, they had Dane Jackson earlier in the year who had the end injury, losing Micah Hyde, losing Von Miller. You know, you get enough of these situations happening. They got stuck in Chicago over Christmas. And this Christmas with their family, they got stuck in Detroit, had to move a game to Detroit. I'm like any other team, I don't think they would handle it as well as the Bills did. That's not even just from a biased perspective. You know, I, I just genuinely feel like there was so much, but the run game needs to improve. You know, they had brought in Von Miller for the pass rush and obviously lost him towards the end of the season, which was tough. So, you know, kind of filling out that D-line, but, you know, we didn't see Gabe Davis show up as much as we thought he would this past season. He had some moments, but if you're just relying on Stefan Diggs the whole time, it makes it really tough. So you've got to build up some more weapons so that it's not, the Josh Allen show as much as it was just because longevity as a quarterback is is really tough of that's how he's gonna have to play have to play all the time yeah the AFC East is gonna be interesting this year I, I can't wait to sit and watch it <laughs> and, and watch your analysis maybe and it's gonna be interesting um you're on our turf in August I'm led to believe now you don't you don't have to confirm anything but obviously the European flag championships are coming to Limerick I've never been to Limerick, Michaela, so I don't know. Like, what? I mean, I've watched that show, Love Hate. That's as far as I've got with Limerick. So. I've never been to Limerick either. What? I'm going, and, and, and we're going as well in January, if anyone's listening to this, um, for, I want to say, 
what's the one after what divisional sunday we're going to be in limerick for divisional sunday it's already like half sold out check online anyway phoebe um that's the weekend before the notre dame game are, are you planning to hang around is 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 there maybe an intention of coming back or is it that week in, in limerick at the moment yeah, so plans so far are um, the week in Limerick for our European flag championships because that brings us to the 20th or 19th. Yes. Yeah. And then a cheeky little drive up to Dublin is on the books after that for the game. So, yeah, I'm really, really excited. I get to be on your turf now, guys. <laughs> I, I have to say, I'll just, I'll just put in before McGillie gets the next question. Uh, that, that's really exciting because I look, we're, we're fairly human minutes into this conversation. We can publicly say this. Uh, we're definitely doing something that week for the college thing. So I will happily be in touch with Guinness, but that, that, that sounds awesome. And if uh, you need any help or anything, I'm sure, I'm sure Michaela will let you stay at her place for a week. I'm, I'm joking. Michaela. Oh, hundred percent. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving in. <laughs> Brilliant. I've never, you'd be like a big sister. I have two brothers, so um, oh, I'll happily take that. Um, <laughs> while a lot of roles in the industry, especially in the NFL are kind of male dominated the nfl is definitely pushing to change that and we can definitely see that you know all the the coaches and i think even the vikings were were going to interview interviewed a woman for a head coach position my name her name is completely gone out of my head but i remember just seeing that and being like oh my god like i could be a general manager of an nfl team if i really wanted to like it's there the opportunities are there so what is your advice that you you'd offer to women um who want to kind of break into the break into a career in the NFL? Ask for help, honestly. Literally reach out to anybody, whether you're talking NFL, college, reach out and say you want to learn from them, shadow, intern, whatever that looks like, because so many people are willing to help. And again, none of us got to where we are without the help of someone else. So put yourself out there. Um, we have an NFL careers forum specifically for women as well. Uh, so try and get involved in that because that's a great pathway. Sam Rappaport from the NFL runs that. It's a great pathway for, you know, selected people to get into the NFL, but be a student of the game, ask questions, network. So much of it is networking just as kind of everything else in the world. But yeah, don't be afraid to reach out to people and just ask for help or, or ask just to learn from them. We all want to share knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah, I Absolutely. think that's good advice. Yeah, great advice. <laughs> um, I am not going to let you off this call, Phoebe. Last question, we'll hide this. Give us a bold prediction ahead of the new season. Give us something crazy that I can put on TikTok and people are going, what is going on here? Um, do you know what? Do, do you know what? I, I, I'll make it easier for you, yeah? One of the Jets, Bills and Dolphins will miss the playoffs. I mean, that's all. Like, one of them is going to struggle anyway because of that division. But yeah. I mean, that division is so competitive now. I, I am with you. Like, I one of them is going to miss the playoffs. But can Aaron Rodgers take the Jets with that jacked, stacked defense to a Super Bowl? Because it kind of makes me feel like Tom Brady, when he went down to the Buccaneers, you know, first year there, took him to a Super Bowl. There's nothing saying the Jets couldn't get to a Super Bowl, which is crazy. <laughs> let, let, let's see what happens. Uh, Phoebe, like, look, I have been bugging you on WhatsApp for the last three weeks about this, so thank you so much for coming on. It was great crack, as we say. Uh, and uh, like not just great fun, but I'm sure Michaela will agree as well. Just just very, very insightful. And 
we're yeah. obviously rooting for you for the whole sky sports team and just just everywhere just everything you're doing over the next few months and seasons just just to keep going uh, at phoebe underscore Schachter on instagram i want to say that's the same on twitter but just just type mm-hmm. in phoebe Schachter. We'll, <laughs> we'll link everything below Um, see you in well i'm gonna be in limerick i think but we'll, we'll definitely see you in a few months time and uh, we'll stay on the zoom call to try and get you a ticket for that game it's hard to get a ticket phoebe <laughs> thanks so much thank you guys so much